Time now for us to check in with Richard Zussman, our Global News Victoria correspondent. Lots to talk about today, including an update on visiting long-term care homes. And I know that is a huge issue for so many people. Uh, Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Simi. It's almost like you're eavesdropping on my conversation with my mother-in-law yesterday when I was reflecting on... Walking on Broken Glass by Annie Lennox is one of these like distinct memories I have as my childhood of dancing in my living room while played on. I don't know if I want that mental picture. (laughs) (laughs) An eight-year-old Richard Zussman jumping around. I'm sure it was charming. Is that what they call it, Simi? Adorable. That's what it was, Richard. It was absolutely adorable. (laughs) But you know, I bet a lot of people would be dancing if they could get a chance to go visit some loved ones in a long-term care home. So, what is this all about today? Yeah, so this is an announcement that a number of people have been waiting a long time for. So uh, as you know, and as the listeners know, there has been um, some severe restrictions on visiting long-term care since the pandemic started. And uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix are expected at noon today to announce an easing of some of those restrictions. They have been uh, in many cases, the epicenter of this pandemic uh, in our province. You know, a majority of the, the deaths from COVID-19 have uh, occurred in long-term care. Uh, there has been a huge number of cases in long-term care. You know, the populations are vulnerable. Uh, the facilities, in some cases, if precautions aren't followed, allowed for spread. And so uh, there have been restrictions around people going into those facilities and being able to see their loved ones and their loved ones being able to go out and enjoy the outdoors and see loved ones. So it likely is going to be like everything that we've seen through this pandemic and the reopening is a gradual easing of restrictions, but it will be um, some hope for many who have not experienced some in a long time around being able to be around their loved ones in long-term care. So expect that announcement at noon today from Dr. Henry and Adrian Dix. Okay, we're going to be talking more about that later this morning as well. Let's talk about the airline issue too, because the words that we heard from Adrian Dix yesterday were quite aggressive towards the federal government. You know, they did this before yeah. in terms of border control. They seem to be doing again saying, listen, federal government, you're not doing a good enough job here. Yeah, and you need to step in and tell the airlines that uh, they need to ensure that physical distancing is maintained. You know, this is federal jurisdiction. It is Transport Canada regulations and Health Canada jurisdiction, and Adrian Dix made that clear. But, you know, in his opening remarks yesterday during the daily briefing, uh, he took what I described as a veiled shot uh, at the airlines mm-hmm. saying that physical distancing saves lives no matter where you are, even if on, you're on an airplane heading from Toronto to Vancouver. But then when he was asked, uh, it was much more direct from Dr. Henry and Adrian Dix. They are highly, highly concerned about the policy that the major airlines are getting rid of those physical distancing requirements on board aircraft. Uh, again, it's federal jurisdiction, according to Dix, but there's going to be a push. Dix said he would speak to his counterparts uh, in Ottawa about it. No doubt Premier Horgan will speak to the premiers and the prime minister about it uh, when they speak next. And so it's going to be an interesting one. BC has got in its way on a number of issues, albeit in some cases later than people would have liked in terms of the border closures, in terms of restrictions at long-term care. Uh, but uh, we'll see, um, you know, there's a pushback from business here and we'll see if BC can can convince the federal government that for health reasons, that middle seat needs to remain open and physical distancing needs to be a priority online uh, on, on board uh, aircraft.
Right, because it, it sure sounds to me like both uh, Adrian Dix and Dr. Henry want people to know that they are willing to get tough, right, in some situations. Because even Dr. Henry yesterday, the way she was talking about Brandy's, uh, the outbreak yep. that has been happening there, they are will they're not happy essentially with what happened there. Yeah, so for I think the real first time we heard this issue of liability, right? The the language has been from Dr. Henry about education rather than punishment. And the process has been about ensuring that businesses and individuals know the right things to do, mm-hmm. that they have plans, that they follow those plans. And it was very clear from the answer yesterday uh, to the questions around Brandy's that uh, Dr. Henry does not believe the institution followed the rules that were put in place, did not follow the guidelines, and that has led to three positive COVID-19 tests so far and potentially a lot, lot more. And there are concerns about how widespread the spread could be from the strip club. And we don't know what exactly she means when she speaks liability around whether there's going to be fines, whether there's the possibility that individuals who get sick could sue the business, or whether it's going to mean not just uh, closures for now until they can meet the guidelines, but permanent closures uh, due to concerns over health and well-being. So those are the sort of tools that the province and health authorities have around following these guidelines. And this may be the sort of example that businesses need to say, well, we better follow these new rules, these new guidelines, or we're going to be shut down or worse. Right, because, and this obviously there's a lot of bad publicity for Brandy's right now as well, because people are going, man, we were doing so well. If there is a bigger outbreak linked to that, people will not be happy. Yeah, and it's funny because somebody uh, wrote me yesterday about when there was a few cases at a small fast food restaurant, Dr. Bonnie Henry did not name the institution. Oh, that's a good point. And she explained at the time... And this person that sent me was complaining, oh, well, why not? Why name one and not the other? Well, the reason you name one and not the other is because of the risk to the public. And in the case of the restaurant, uh, Dr. Henry described that the restaurant did everything it was supposed to do. The guidelines were in place. Right. There were some employees who were not following those guidelines, and they can be disciplined by their employer. Uh, and in that case, there was no risk a further spread to the right. public. But overall, in, the restaurant in that case was doing everything they were supposed to do. Exactly. But right. in Brandy's, there is high risk to the public. They have put out this plea asking people over a number of days if they were there. Plus, they know that Brandy's was not doing what they were supposed to do. And I think the big part for why you name the establishment, the facility, the business is because of that public risk. Yeah. If it will help get people forward and say, I was there, I need to be tested, then that will help prevent the spread of COVID-19 in our communities. Yeah, but I hope people do admit that, though. That's the other problem with this, right? You don't want people to hide that they were there. And that may be a case, uh, especially tied to the sort of establishment it was. You may not want your loved ones to know you were at a strip club. Uh, That's why we have contact tracing, and it is one of the most robust contact tracing uh, systems that exist, and they are going to use data that they've accumulated from Brandy's credit card information, video information, uh, any information where it could uh, possibly identify you. Contact tracers are doing that 
to try to figure out everyone that was in that establishment for those three days that they're concerned about. Okay, so that's another one to keep an eye on there. Also, to end on a more positive note here, Richard, I know they've been doing a lot to emphasize tourism and things like that. So some good news for the Royal BC Museum. Yes, so uh, Premier John Horgan will be doing a tour today. We know that the museum has been a big part of the plan from the uh, province in terms of funding and supporting uh, new construction, and so the Premier will get a look at that. And the public will start to be able to get a a look as well as the Royal BC Museum is open, uh, and it's going to look a little bit different and feel a little bit different than the Royal BC Museum you know and love, uh, but it is part of the province's larger plan of phase three and getting people back uh, and spending money and enjoying British Columbia and being a tourist in your own province. And so right. uh, we'll get a better sense today of what parts of that new look Royal BC Museum look like, Sibby. All right. Thank you very much for that, Richard. Have a great day and happy Canada Day. You too. That is our global news uh, reporter from Victoria, Richard Zussman, with the latest if you want to weigh in. Of course, send me at cknw.com.